The following Toku podcast to contain spoilers from both past and present Tokusatsu, anime, manga, movies and other related media. If you do not wish to be spoiled we suggest turning off the podcast now. Otherwise please enjoy the show. Hello everybody, welcome to the Tokusatsu podcast, the best show about Tokusatsu you probably never heard of. As always, I'm Jay. Uh, I too fast for me to come up with a bit. Pass. No, do it. Uh, uh, uh. Remember that time, Ultraman Jonas. Phil. Uh, this is actually my first time doing an Ultraman episode. So whoopee! No, it's yes, not. Yes, it is. You did Ultra Ultra Galaxy Battle. Oh, that's right. I did. Uh, that was the old anyway, that's Chad. Welcome to the Toku Podcast. You one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Yeah, oh yeah, that's right. I I kind of hate being here. Later, guys. <laughs> Don't leave us. And then Chad just leaves for the rest of the episode. And he doesn't say anything else. That he he pulls a Mephilus. He's just like, I I'm out. <laughs> like, yeet. Dude, spoilers. Oh, who fucking it, motherfucker the movie was in theaters for two days and reached top five for the week. I'm kidding. Not Jesus Not Christ. only that. You do, no. it, you do it no. every time, AJ. I no, I will remember the robot. So you don't have you, to. You will listen to Claire. Claire? That's her name now? Uh, what, are we declaring that now? Yeah. Ah! Yeah, uh, declaring that her name is Claire. I, I got it. Yeah. How many people are going to get that? <laughs> At least two. <laughs> and they're both in this room. <laughs> I actually like that he actually has a number for it. <laughs> uh, so yes well what are we doing well with the fucking tile jackass I don't want to anyways we're doing we're Uncle do- Phil I mean fair enough anyways we're doing Hideki Anno's longest video essay to date Shin Ultraman so Jay tell us well we know what the movie's about but tell us either way what is the movie about well uh it's basically a remake of the ori- well not basically it's a remake of the original 1960s Ultraman show with uh a world not too dissimilar to ours where giant kaiju end up just spontaneously beginning beginning to appear in Japan and the formation of a special government task force to stop them. And their everybody's lives are inexplicably changed when a giant silver alien shows up on Earth and shenanigans <laughs> ensue. That is, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically, ultra, it's basically just the original <laughs> Ultraman for you. So where do we start with this? Because, of course, this being a movie, it's not going to be as in-depth as an entire series. But I think we have a lot to say about this movie, both in kayfabe and out of kayfabe, in a mm. sense. So shall we get to... Hmm. Should, should we... Should, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of... Because I remember when this, was, when this was being made, there was kind of a bit of a backstage skull with it but jay would be the one to know more about that than i would mm, i don't remember too much i mean other than covid bullshit happening i don't remember too much about behind the scenes uh drama that's i remember there was a bit of an uproar when um it turned out anna wasn't gonna direct this one but other than that i don't remember any particular kerfuffles or issues or complaints or fears or anything when they announced it so mm. yeah i'm not sure unless they're you're remembering something i forget well either way let's talk about the longest unfixed episode i've ever seen in my life <laughs> um <laughs> well, you say that and then uh, t- uh oh higuchi oh, fuck what is it he Higu- yeah no no uh 
Taguchi, yeah. there we go. He's going to put yeah, out a video yeah. episode. The, the finale is going to be like three hours long or something. You know what? I would. I would watch it. <laughs> would. Anyways, but yes. So, shall we start with the characters and let's start with Kaminaga, a.k.a. Ultraman. Uh, interesting. Interesting choice for a character, I will say. I enjoyed his character. I enjoyed his actor very much. Uh, it was an interesting take. Um, if you've seen the original Ultraman, the way in it is that, um... Oh my god, I am embarrassed that I'm forgetting his fucking Hayato Shin. Uh, thank you. And it was Shin something. Uh, Shin Hayata, he is... He's your quintessential quintessential show uh show a protagonist in the sense that he doesn't really have much of a character he's very much a uh, shining example of humanity and straight-laced uh, authority figure and you know blah 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 you, if you've seen a showa tokusatsu show if hell if you've seen, seen a show ever really anything you've seen his character so <laughs> this was a good uh different take on it where unlike in that show where he is just himself here it is Ultraman specifically piloting the body of him and so they play up the the fish out of water elements not understanding human culture uh him really just getting invested in humanity and not knowing anything about it and the sort of idiosyncrasies between how he's acting and everybody around him and the way he starts to acclimate with human society and him learning about humanity. Uh, it's a very interesting character arc for him. Uh, I really did enjoy it. I liked that they weren't afraid to get really weird with him uh, in more ways than one. Uh, just in general, where he's got a... His delivery is... Once Ultraman kind of... Honestly, even before Ultraman takes over his body, he's a very... I don't want to seriously say stoic, but emotionless kind of person. He never really reacts to anything. He's got a very fixed, uh, fixed response, fixed face, very minimal, subdued reactions. Even after Ultraman takes over him, that, that kind of gets, they don't really amp it up even too much. He's, he's kind of a fucking weirdo. He, and that's a, honestly one of the things that's very subtle that I really liked is that, uh, when he t gets taken over as Ultraman, and he's like he's sitting there with a, a pile of books, just power pouring through human history, like like a book at a time. And the rest of the SSSP don't even react. Yeah, so just <laughs> he, he's nobody reacts to him being this fucking weirdo at all until they find out that he's Ultraman. So I like that it's a very subtle, minimal element to his character where he's nobody really notices that there's anything wrong with him because he's basically acting exactly the same as always. So I like that. I like that uh, they weren't afraid to make him a complete weirdo. They really hammered that point in. But I enjoyed him as a character. And uh, his arc of being the alien fish out of water has been done before with Ultraman. But I did enjoy the way they did it here. It, it felt very more... It felt much more subdued in the way... <laughs> I hate to say it like this because we're talking about Ultraman. Subtle. Yeah. Grounded. Like, um... um <laughs> Like, I think the thing especially that I did like with his character especially is that they established early on, it's like, oh, yeah, he actually does cover his tracks pretty well. He's, I believe, a part of, like, what the Japanese equivalent of what I think the CIA or, like, uh, some kind of police force in which is basically... The Public Security Bureau is what yeah. they say, which is... Uh, 
it kind of gets hyped up in media as being like the CIA or FBI, but it's it's not really equivalent. I mean, it's the closest equivalent yeah. they have, but in terms of like scale of scope, they're they're basically no. Yeah, like they're exterminators. They're 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 glorified. Yeah, like and I think in that case, like in terms of that writing or like writing him in that way, just like it works because we don't know much about the guy to begin with. And we still don't know much about him, even as Ultraman. See, it's funny when you mention it, because, um, and we're gonna get to that with the other characters as well. The other characters as well. Um, that them making him weird is probably the reason why I felt the more the most unfixed vibes from. Because in that show, they were all fucking weird. Nobody was mm. fucking normal in that show, and in this movie, nobody's fucking normal in this movie. No. And in a weird way, that makes them all endearing. Like, I've seen a lot of people complain, Kaminaga's boring, he's got no personality, you know, the the usual suspects. It's not even that he doesn't have a personality, he does. He's just a fucking weirdo. He, and like Jay said, he, I, I'm going to say stoic, because that seems to be around the lines that I, that I felt. Of course, he can also be emotionless, but like, I just found him interesting with the way that he portrayed his character, because mm. he said a lot with not showing any emotion. Like... He did not have to say he did not have to show that he was angry or sad or any of this stuff to convey what he felt. And that's what I liked about it. I liked that they showed all of this without him having to really emote. And I think that's everything to the actor. The actor did a fantastic fucking job. Yeah, like I'd say, if anything, this is kind of like a similar situation to like casting like with like the Black Sun cat. Well, then again, Black Sun is actually ironically part of this cast. But, like, this is what happens when you get, like, A-listers that are known in acting. Because Takumi Saito is apparently, again, kind of, like, up there with um, the guy who played Kotaro Minami. But then again, that's we actually did get the guy for this movie anyways, so. It's uh, a very very funny coincidence. Actually, it's uh, totally coincidental, I think, with the timing and delays because of uh, COVID and everything. But it's kind of like how in Showa Ultraman, the leader of the SSSP was the same guy who played Tachibana in the original Kamen Rider. It, it's kind of a weird coincidence that they they both do that, huh? No, no, no. Ano is just so much of a fan. Well, I mean, for crying out loud. He's just that, he's just well, that I mean, crazy. Then, he just knew that he was going to be in Black Sun, so he cast him preemptively. I mean, like, what's him called? <laughs> we knew that, like, for Shin Kamen Rider, like, the main guy who's playing Hongo actually broke his leg on set, so... Ooh. Oh, no. <laughs> so, either way, we'll get to that if we ever get Shin Kamen Rider, which, you know, we'll see. But anyways, besides, going back to Ultraman, though, it's neither here nor there. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> but to, to finish with Kaminaga, I love Kaminaga. I love, I love his fucking character. I love him as Ultraman. Um, we're going to get to some of the... It's going to be weird because... Special effects isn't something that we usually talk about on this show, but that's going to be a point that we're going to talk about a little bit later. Going through the rest of the crew, I don't remember what Black Sun's name was in this movie. Uh, honestly, I was just having PTSD and expected Ultraman to kneel on Dada's neck, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, so what was oh, let me look up the cast of... Um, Shit, I don't remember. Because like, I feel like a lot of the characters from Shin Ultraman were honestly kind of hard to remember, but um, like, I can obviously... Like, memorize them from other works that they did, just not the names in the movie, but apparently he was uh, Tamura. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. right. I remember because 
Tamura and then the one of the uh, one of the uh, higher ups. Sh- they both shared names with characters from the Yakuza series, which is really weird because they're both in the exact same position as those characters in the Yakuza series. And I was like, <laughs> Anna, what the fuck are you saying with this? What did he mean by this? Um, but yes, Black Sun. I, I, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, Black Sun. I liked his character. He was he was a fun guy. He was he, again. He wasn't much, but he did. I don't want to. I, I feel like this is going to be kind of insulting to say, but a lot of the characters were kind of utilitarian in their role. Where they're not supposed to be standouts. They're just they fit for what they're supposed to. Mm. Except for was her name Asami? Oh uh, yes, Asami Hiroko. Yes, <laughs> yes, that girl, the girl who like. Smacking asses, which is really weird. What was that? They gave her that thing from. They gave her. They gave her that character trait from Juggler, apparently. Um, but That's yeah, true. she was. Well, well, she mostly slapped her own ass, other than Ultraman's that one time. Whereas Juggler, was no, she she slapped. Uh, she slapped the other scientist chick ass. I believe no, she slapped yeah, someone she else's ass. I'm not sure who it was though. It was it was a scientist chick. She, they were like, all right, let's. Well, she slaps her own just like three sh- times. She does Kaminaga. I think she does. I don't. I don't remember. If it was Taki or the other. Uh, other chick but was one i guess there was one of them uh not important really but yeah i don't know i kind of liked her too i liked her character a lot she was spunky there was something she was good wrong, she was a yeah. good foil for um for kamenaga where she is very energetic she's very she's very much a go-getter she's not necessarily proactive i guess in comparison to ultraman but um she's definitely really really into the uh the public facing, I guess, of the uh, organization. She really wants to sell the idea of being this, this hero, this warrior against the kaiju's, and she gets really invested in Ultraman because of that. And that kind of clashes with Kamenaga, who, obviously, being Ultraman, he's got the secret identity stuff, and he's you know doing his thing with humanity, and of course he's got to do his uh, his fight against the kaiju in the shadows. So there ends up being a lot of a. Uh, a little bit of a Superman Clark Kent kind of thing there. Where it's like, oh, fucking Clark Kent is a useless nobody who always hides. I wish he could be more like Superman. You know, it's, it's that kind of a relationship they have. And I liked it, I liked her. I liked her character. Her actor was really good, too. Is it weird to say that, and again, this is not an insult or a negative, but is it weird to say that she, she feels like she fits in a more contemporary Ultraman rather than this movie? And in, in, in a good way. Where her character feels more, I, I think that's why the tone felt so strange to me at first. Where like, oh, her character is somebody you would see in like, Geed or something like that. She's very proactive, bright. She does no, feel more like a, a, a Heisei era yeah. character than the yeah. More she modern, feels brighter. Definitely. She feels yeah, modern, contemporary, whichever word you want to use. But yeah, that's and I, and I kind of like that about her. Where it, again, like you said, it was a good contrast with Kaminaga. Where Kaminaga is just. Yes, well, I am Ultraman. I think too, there. I think there like lies actually an interesting point here, mainly because like in terms of Kaminaga, while he's a good character, even like with Ultraman possessing him, I kind of wish we got to see a little more of Kaminaga's personality without Ultraman. Of seeing like, oh yeah, this is the guy who we knew before he kind of got possessed by Ultraman. You know. I mean, I I understand you where I do wish we got to see a little bit more of Kaminaga and how he interacts with the rest of the team beforehand. But from the little bit that we saw of him, you know, if if obviously we, you know, you know, uh, not to break kayfabe here, but, uh, you know, we we have all, of course, only seen this movie once and nobody here has seen it more than once. Definitely not 
from an illegal source. Most definitely not, um, never. But if you if you kind of pay attention to the way the rest of the uh, SSSP react when um, Asumi comes in, where they're just not even reacting to Kamenaga's nonsense, where you get the idea that he's always been kind of like that. Okay. Yeah. And you can notice, too, with a little bit with his... Uh, his performance as well, like when he's in the when they're in the meeting room and he's talking about going after the kid, his delivery is basically identical. That's what I was gonna say. Like I, I think the idea was that he was able to kind of copy Kaminaga's personality, not to a T, but well enough where they're just like, Oh, well, yeah, that's Kaminaga. What are we gonna do about it? It's, it's him. It's, it's just who he is. Just gotta get used so to it. Just, you yeah, get he didn't bring it. me a coffee. Yeah, he doesn't bring any of us coffee, so yeah, get used to it. I, I love I love the response to that too, where she's just like, "What you didn't bring me a coffee?" And Kamehameha's just like, "What fucking luck did you bring?" <laughs> she's just like, "Yeah, and like the fuck am I supposed to be your pack mule?" It's like, "What get your, you're human, you have functioning abilities." Get your own coffee. We... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I missed your double leg. You know what? I will admit though, I appreciate the comedy in this movie. Let me just say that right now. I really appreciate it. Yes, because it's gotten so points. Oh, yeah, well, that 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 was that was going to. Uh, I was gonna say that was gonna go into a point where, because let's be honest, the other characters are again utilitarian yeah. as hell. We'll get to the villains, of course, but the tone of this movie—if you're gonna go watching this movie, thinking that it's gonna be anything like Shin Godzilla, it is, but it's also very lighter. It's a lot lighter in mm. tone, and I think Jay mentioned it's—it's it's trying to copy, not copy, but emulate that—that that kind of zany that. That grounded zaniness, I guess that's still kind of what I'm going to use. The weird grounded zaniness that you had from the show era, where they kind of accepted that it was all bullshit. Like, it was all silliness, but we're going to take it as serious as possible. Earnest audacity, I guess, if that makes any sense. It's the it's it's weird. It's not self aware. It's self aware in the sense that they kind of know it's weird, but they also aren't conscious about it and they also don't really care how people well that just it. happened yeah yeah there's no there you know there's no irony to it they are they're doing it completely because they think this is cool there's no like what do other people think you know how will this sell blah 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 and yeah when you compare this to shin godzilla it's very much where you compare the original godzilla to the original ultraman where the original 1954 Godzilla is, well, it's a dark, depressing, moody movie about, you know, the horrors of mankind and science being manifest literally. And Shin Godzilla copied that. The original Ultraman's a goofy sci-fi show about an alien fighting giant monsters. And occasionally there's some political commentary and, you know, moral lessons. And that's pretty much this movie as well, is that it's a goofy... It's a goofy movie about an alien fighting giant monsters filled to the brim with political commentary. Good political commentary compared to the last show that we did that had political commentary. <laughs> I mean, look, if we're going to compare which one did it better, like, this is not even a fucking contest, no, let's be no. fair. Like, Black, Black Sun was just a fucking constant... Like, it was like Mike Tyson just constantly punching you in the face. This was kind of more like... A clown reading you Mein Kampf. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a System of a Down song almost. Where you, you, <laughs> you where know you what? Little, like, you yes. Heavy like heavy ambient alt metal stuff, and then suddenly you just get a surged reading a fucking Wikipedia article about uh, war crimes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, yeah, I, that's exactly what I. That's exactly how this movie feels. It's like a System of a Down song. Um, 
Which is ironic because Godzilla had that guy do a song oh, for them once. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's all con- all connected. Um, uh, what, but yes, I, what uh, did Anno mean by this? Uh, nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he just really likes System of a Down. Uh, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. But anyways, let's talk about the three villains of. Well, I guess there's really well, no, there's two, but it's. The last one's not really so much of a villain. But let's talk about the three and let's talk about the three and ten. Not the well, random w- monsters. We're talking about the ones that have sentience. Just yeah. like a real quick like paragraph about the other two uh, other SSSP members. I liked the captain Tamara. Uh, I think they we used talked about him. him already. I didn't get to talk about him. You did, and then we went yeah. on to something else. Uh, I liked his character. He's very much that kind of Shewa era, era the era commander character. I think they use him a little bit too bluntly in terms of delivering like the politics where he'll just kind of like stop and kind of almost like look at the camera and explain like, this is what we're commenting on in this scene. Uh, the other two are, they're kind of interchangeable. The uh, Taki and um, I believe it's Taki and Yugi. Li- there we go. Mm. I liked them. I liked their characters, but they were too similar and they just kind of blended together. Um, but they were fun. I liked their actors. Uh, so yeah, there's that on them. Uh, so let's go into the kaiju. Yes. So we've got five major kaiju, and we have a couple in a pre uh, prologue kind of setting up yes. the story. We have so yeah, actually, the, yeah, really interesting part. The, the one of the kaiju at the in the prologues of the movie. So in the past, during Ultra Q, I believe there was a kaiju called Gomez. Yes. And Gomez was actually a retooled Godzilla suit. I believe it might have been from Godzilla vs. Mothra back in the day. And then the thing that they did for this movie specifically is that Anno's a giant nerd. He took a page from that. And Gomez in the prologue is actually a remodeled, um, pretty much model of Shin Godzilla. I really like that. That was a nice little uh, continuity nod there. Um, yeah, Gomez, who... He's kind of like a B-tier kaiju. He shows up every now and then, but uh, he, they re- completely redesigned him, so he looks nothing like Godzilla anymore, unfortunately. So this was a nice little fun throwback to the retro stuff. Uh, but he's only in the movie for like 10 seconds, and then after that we get a montage of uh, the weird-ass mammoth flower from that one episode that nobody yep. remembers. Uh, Pegila. Uh, was it Pago, Pagos? Yeah, Pagos. Pagos. Uh, let's see. And there's one other one that I don't remember. The big bird one. Not Pegila. Uh, let's see, that's... Um, I have the design works book in front of me right now. I believe that's... Uh, Garugeru... Garugeru... Oh, man, I can't even pronounce that. Shit. Uh, I'm just going to refer to... Week. To be fair, a lot of ultra kaiju names. Yeah, Laru... Laru... It's the bird. Laru... Yes, yes. Largius, there we go. Largius. Uh... Which, weird choices, I think it's uh, definitely... Well, to be fair, all of the kaiju, with the exception of the last two, are all kind of weird choices. They're not what you would expect. Like, if you were to go and make a big-budget Ultraman movie, who would you pick? Like, you'd pick the ones everyone knows. You'd pick Bemular. You'd pick the Baltins. You'd pick Dada. You'd pick fucking, uh... The Gomera. You'd pick... You know, you'd pick the ones that, like, everybody knows, everybody recognizes, and... Hano didn't do that. Hano and Higuchi did not do that. So we get the initial ones in the intro. And then we have uh, Naranga, 
it's a decent choice. Narang is pretty popular. Mm. Uh, Gabora, which is a weird one because nobody really remembers Gabora, but they used it mostly just to make the joke about how he and Pagos kind of look the same because their suits were basically retooled from one another. Uh, which again, okay, another little fun gag. I enjoyed that. Uh, and they're they're kind of just dispensable. They're mostly they're just kind of set up the plot and just to. The first one is basically just there so Ultraman can show up and they can kind of set up the tone for the movie. Naranga doesn't really do a whole lot, which is a shame because I kind of like Naranga. I did like the fight, though. Uh, so, yeah, we get Naranga, Gabora, and then we start getting more plot heavy where... Uh, fuck, why it's, am I uh, blanking his name? Um, there we go. Thank you. I feel like an idiot. Uh, but, but Jay, Sh- but Jay, why didn't they have Melial? Fuck, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> you not, dude. No. Oh, why didn't they use Red King? Oh, why didn't they use... Uh, why Why wasn't why Seven wasn't Pandon in there? in there? Why wasn't Mech Pandon or uh To, to be fair, Sevenger, or, uh, if Sevenger was in this movie, it'd be base as fuck. That would actually be pretty cool. Well, there's Shin <laughs> Seven coming eventually. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Are you true enough? Why didn't they use Ace Killer? Why didn't they use, like, shut up? Yeah. Why didn't, the they, use, ex- why didn't they use Ginga? <laughs> why didn't they use Valky? <laughs> yeah, why didn't they use Dark Lugiel? You know, the the three dudes from Indonesia asking for Dark Why Lugiel wasn't Reboot in this one? Uh, why wasn't Zero in this? I, I can hear Mama Miano anywhere. Why didn't this movie deals with the multiverse? Why wasn't Zero here? Oh, God. Where's Nexus? Oh, oh God. <laughs> Anyways, go I would on. say you know what I would say Ultraman King, but honestly, he's the only one that makes that would actually make he, he sense would actually be the prime minister. Uh, uh, what was it? Yeah, so Zarab shows up, uh, and then we get Mephilus, and then of course the final boss is Zeton because who the fuck else would it be? It's an Ultraman movie. Uh, so yeah, rather sizable cast of kaiju for the length of the movie. Uh, of course, only five of them matter, but well. Even then, only like three of those five matter. Even then, but only two, two of those five. <laughs> definitely yeah. a decent choice. A very weird choice. Not what you would expect, but that's very much a like a real fan kind of thing where you don't pick the obvious ones. I was about ones. to you say. Pick, you pick. <laughs> let me just pick this random ones that I remember from episodes I really like. Episodes that were really good, and like let's just do those episodes in full again, basically. So you know what? Hey, uh, more power to them. I enjoyed the choices that they went with. Uh, but yeah, all of the, the design-wise, they're all really good. Um, they are reminiscent of how they should look from the the main suits and everything. There's obviously a little bit of tooling up, but there's definitely an attention to sh- fucking computers not working. Uh, attention to detail with the designs where. They really, really try to emulate the this is a dude in a crappy suit look out of a lot of the characters. Ultraman especially, they put a really lot of heavy emphasis with like the design and the texturing and the the way his body moves and the contouring of his skin and muscles to make it look like this is a dude in a suit. And the way a lot of the kaiju move and the way their effects work. Like like uh, Zarab, where the way his mouth kind of works, it's like... you. The, it looks like it's a shitty little prop somebody's moving with their hands, but it's you know it's obviously a CG model and it's part of his body. Oh, okay, so I guess since since you mentioned this, we got to get into this. You, you kind of did. So there's a thing about the effects that I have to say now. 
and now and I've said this watching it <coughs> two times legally. Um, the version that I saw today that Jay gave me graciously, which was legal, um, for some reason the effects looked way fucking better on that version than I did in the theater. The theaters look like shit. Like, like unfinished shit. At least here I was like, they look fine. Why did they not look like this in the theater? So I, I asked a buddy of mine who went to go watch it as well, and I said, did they look bad to you by any chance? And he's like, yeah, they look really blurry and garbagey. I'm like, that's, I don't, I don't know if that was just my theater showing us really bad effects or something, but the version that I saw today, they looked more than serviceable. Yeah, I, I have no idea. I haven't watched that completely legal copy since I attained it uh, like five months ago, so I couldn't tell you. I haven't seen anybody else mention that. I've been. I've been looking at it, basically everybody who went to go see the movie who talked about it, and nobody else has mentioned this, so I don't know if it's just the shitty theater quality or what. I don't know. It could, it could have been my theater, probably, because, again, the, the version that, that, you, that you sent to me, it, it looked fine. It looked, again, serviceable. Everything, <laughs> like the, the effects were finished. Like, Zeton looked better than he did. The version I saw of Zeton in the theater was fucking, like, shocking. I'm not going to lie. So, I don't, I, I'm kind of weirded out by that. I don't know if anybody else has had this but me, but it was uh, something that I had to bring up the moment that we came in here. Well, I don't know. Uh, obviously, Chad and Phil are the only ones who only saw it the one time, so they can't mm. compare, but... Uh, I don't know. I, I, it has been a little while since I had seen that first one that I had sent you. So I have no idea. I can't compare, but I haven't seen anybody else mention it. So who the fuck knows? I thought it looked fine. I mean, maybe with like the effects for Ultraman at first, it looked a little like, I kept looking at it like, is this, this is not a suit actor. This is CG. And I'm like, oh, I'm like all right. I mean, it w- it looked fine. I I didn't I didn't know whether or not the projector in the theater was a digital or you. I honestly I don't think they were using thirty millimeter film. They weren't using that. That I don't think. I believe I this movie this. may have been shot with the intention of being shown in IMAX. I believe. I'm not quite sure. Don't quote me on that. But you know what? I believe it might have been. You know what? If if that's the case, again, you know, we're not confirming or denying anything. But like, if that's the case. It that might have honestly that might have explained a lot of why some of the quality in the theater that I was watching it looked kind of squashed, like it, it looked a little squished at points. Like even even on uh, even on Kaminaga, like just his regular human form, it like it looked a little weird. Like all of the effects and the movie itself just kind of looked like it had a weird fuzz over it. So I don't know. <clears throat> Again. I thought the effects were serviceable in the version that I got sent by Jay. That was all right. But the one in the theater, like the theater version was just garbage. And to be fair, this is also the same problem I had when Shin Godzilla came out, that the effects in the theater looked also like really, really bad. So I don't know. Maybe Ano is just fucking um, with us. You know what? I wouldn't be surprised. Honestly, in this case, like I, I think for me personally, in terms of the experience of watching it on the big screen... I, I want to say that the effects weren't super jarring. I, I think, if anything, I f- like, 
Because literally the day before, I watched uh, Shin Godzilla just to kind of refresh myself. And I want to say the effects, or like the practical effects on Shin Godzilla definitely stood out to me more as like a more enjoyable experience for that movie. Whereas like Shin Ultra, like definitely you could see that there is a lot more use of CG and like mocap. But in terms mm. of like it looking super, super janky, um, I don't really know. Mainly because I kind of feel like I did go and see this with another um, friend that's, like, a very big fan of, like, the Showa era. Like, the Showa era, like, Rider and Ultra, like, effects and whatnot. And if anything, the thing that he actually interestingly pointed out to me is, like, yeah, no, the effects and, like, the techniques for filming and everything that they use specifically for this movie are very, very reminiscent of, like, what was seen back in the day. And if anything, it's, like, it's just an updated, more modernized version of those effects. It's like same technique, but at the end of the day, still Showa. I don't know if that makes any sense though. Like, no, yeah, I, I understand was, that. It was definitely deliberately evoking the like the limitations of the yeah, era like the, the really era. campy, really limited effects of the Showa era. And mm. I, I think I think there was just a couple of points with the um, like the what's what's uh, Zarab? That's his name. Yeah. Right? Okay, like the fight with Zarab looked fine. The fight with Mephilus at some points looked kind of like, I'm going to be honest, looked like uh, PS2 era wrestling intro video. I was about to say, <laughs> not gonna I was lie, about to say that. like like the like the like the the uh, the arm drag or the arm uh, flip that looked kind of funky. A lot of the points in that fight looked fine, but there were just some points of that where I'm just like, why does that look so off? Mm. Like. Especially where um, where Ultraman does the uh, you know that Ultraman like he, that Ultraman fall where he, like he jumps backwards and yeah. flips around like yeah. that looked a bit like I is that mocap or is that just I believe... is that just like a template from or is that just a template from a fucking to be thing? fair Ultraman does do that fall a lot so. no I know that I know that I'm just saying that it looked weird yeah the way they like did it. if anything I believe it's probably more CG if anything I'm not sure if that's mocap. Mainly because I, that was actually a point my friend actually pointed out to me. He's like, in terms of that effect specifically, the thing that they would do back then was that the way they filmed it, it was pretty much basically ha filming the suit actor falling down and then reversing that and speeding it up. However, in this case, in order to kind of get that similar effect, I'm not really sure what they did here in this case whether or not that's CG or if that's, like, or something similar where they actually just knocked down, whether that was Bin Furuya or Hideaki Anno, because apparently they apparently interchangeably switched out when filming the mocap. Because yeah. it's fucking Anno. Yeah, of course Why he has not? to do it. But, but, that's, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there were times in the movie where the fight scenes looked fine. They looked actually relatively decent. But there were also times where I'm like, I'm sorry, that just looks janky as fuck. Like, that looks really janky. And, like, I'm not going to excuse it with, like, them trying to, like, emulate something with that. It's just, it just looks too weird to my eyes. No, I, I would agree. There are definitely points where the line between deliberately janky and actually janky get crossed. Like, uh, one that sticks out in my mind is uh, during the Gabora fight, where uh, you get that shot that's a close-up on uh, Ultraman while he's dodging. And that just looks just terrible. 
and it's just goofy and it's not like the fun kind of goofy like that def- that sticks out in my mind as not looking very good and there's definitely points in the Mephilus fight that uh, like when uh, Ultraman throws the Ultra Saws at him and he kind of bats it away when he bats it away it looks really like goofy and like unnatural and not in the way they probably intended exactly and and again I, I don't even think necessarily like all the effects look bad it was just those those couple of points where I'm just like, like 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 for example, right? I thought the the fight with uh, Zarab was really cool looking, especially mm. at night. Um, not gonna lie, there was a couple of points where it did look like that uh, new Ultraman movie in CG from 2007. Oh my video. god, you're right. Right, but there, but other times, like the the one shot that really sticks out to me was uh, when Ultraman was flying through the city when he got knocked down for the first time. I was like, all right, that looks really fucking good. Mm. And, like, even some of the texture looked really good. But, again, just some of these, some of them just looked a bit too, like, you could have just done this with practical effects and it probably would have been ten mm. times better. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, that's kind of the downside is that um, they do they do a really good job with the actual models of, like, emulating the looks of how the suits would, like, um, like I was going to say, Mephilus, like, when he talks and, like, the lights go up, the way it looks like it's a bunch of shitty uh, LEDs in some foam padding, the way they replicated that looks really good. And, like, the texturing to him, and the way Zarab looks, and, like, again, like, the way they kind of replicate the the different helmets for Ultraman throughout the movie, where when he first shows up, it's that really gross, wrinkly one. And then by the time he shows up, you know, near the end of the movie, he's got his more modern look. I like that. I like the, the way they did that. I, I don't want to put it all to, like, I don't want to make an excuse or blame it all, but was some of that because of COVID? Yeah, because, like, from what I was, like, from what I've read up on, like, production of this movie is that, yeah, a lot of it got delayed. That was also mainly due in part to COVID. Like, I know they had, like, an early cut, real, like, literally done, and then, like, literally the day before, that's, like... Or like the day it was supposed to come out, I believe Japan literally went and like closed down because of it. Like everything just like kind of shut down. So because of that, they couldn't premiere it. And then apparently, like during that time, they decided, oh, you know what? We might as well just kind of work on editing the film even more since we're kind of stuck here. And in terms of that, I, I, I kind of feel like it was definitely hit by COVID. Well, obviously, but like even more so. Like, again, I don't want to be that guy who, like, forgives everything because of what happened during the COVID times. But, again, it, di- it did smell like we're, we're filming during that time and we don't have the necessary resources to f- make this what we wanted to. Which is why even during some of the some of the movie, it did feel like there was some parts where I was like, it feels a little weirdly edited, like. We have too much time on our hands to edit this now, but I don't know. That well, could maybe that's, that's just me because. Well, I'm an let's editor. also put it this way. Interesting facts about this movie: some of the scenes are actually filmed on an iPhone. No. Yeah, no, like literally, it was like it was filmed literally on a phone, and they actually like make it a point to point. I was like, oh yeah, like because of like how smartphones like are really small, and actually camera camera quality is actually pretty decent nowadays. Yeah, we actually filmed some of this on a smartphone. You know what? That really, that really does bring into context that one scene where Asami was like, 
weirdly orange for some fucking reason. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck that was, but it was there. Yeah, or like um some of the um the desk scenes or like the table scenes especially, like some of the angles there. Yeah, I was um I've noticed and I've read up that it's like, yeah, no, they shot this on like an iPhone. Because like, oh yeah, it's small and it we can get like really seems. really interesting angles. And it's like, okay, that's actually pretty cool. I very much noticed that and I was like, hmm that looks a bit uh phonish. <laughs> It's a bit bit phony, as they say. Was it just me, or when it came to the fight scenes, did it feel like there was that some of the fighting was a little heavy? If if that makes any sense, or like uh, how so in that case, out of curiosity. Like, like I mean, I'm I'm a little limited when it comes to my Ultraman knowledge, so this it might this might just this might be me just being uh, indifferent, not indifferent, but like not knowing what I'm talking what what I mean. What, not knowing what what it is, but it felt like it didn't feel like you know like nimble. It felt more like I was like sometimes like some of the punches were like really heavy, like hmm. there was a lot of weight to them. Okay, that is yeah, that is Ultraman. yeah that is pretty much Ultraman at uh, bare bones. And yeah, if anything, I'd say they captured the weight of the th- and scaled the fights pretty nicely with that. Yeah, Ultraman has always kind of been. I don't want to say slow, but it's been, it's it's always tried to emulate its weight. Oh. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. That's definitely a deliberate decision with the uh, the speed of everything. I think they they do it a little heavier than Ultraman typically tends to do, but I think that's more for the realistic angle they're trying yeah. to go with. Mm-hmm. Although to be fair, they kind of throw it out the window by the time of this Rob fight, where things just go full full nonsense speed with the fight scenes so eh, well that's that's just a rub for you that's true that's just it's just fine but yeah outside of the effects i guess we talk about we talk more about the the actual villains and what they're what they are so jay tell us more about zareb uh so zareb who i'm gonna get this out of the way is voiced by kenjiro suda and he is Yes, he fucking is, baby! He's really good in this, and it's really weird because it's definitely... His performance is very different than he usually does, where it's it's a very kind of meek, higher-pitched voice than he usually does. Like, you you think Kenjiro Sudo... Sudo, my God. Kenjiro Suda, and you think he's kind of doing, like, a gruffer, deeper voice, very angry, very emotional, and Zarabi's very different, so... I like Zarab as a villain. I like his whole arc where he shows up once Ultraman has kind of become this known element to the world to kind of capitalize on them freaking the fuck out. And he's like, oh, well, uh, you know, I know what Ultraman, what makes Ultraman tick, and I know he's your enemy and everything, so uh, if you make me your supreme ruler, basically, I'll, uh, I'll tell you how to fight Ultraman. So he, he basically, his whole thing is he wants to deem very much like in the original episode with Zarab, he's trying to make Ultraman the bad guy so he can kind of take advantage of humanity turning on him so he can kind of step in and invade and take over. And I like the way they do it where he shows up this kind of semi-benevolent figure where he's like, he's trying to manipulate everybody and he's really, he's really like polite and soft-spoken and everything. I like the way he does the character. I like his ver- their version of Zarab here. Uh, and he has a really good scene with um, Ultraman, too, actually, where he's he first confronts Ultraman and he kidnaps him, so of course he can impersonate him. 
Uh, and they had this kind of back and forth in the car where Zarab is kind of talking about humanity and how they basically like, like they, they signed their shit over willingly, dude. I'm not manipulating anybody. You know, I've, I haven't done anything wrong. And obviously he's lying through his little mouth flap thing there. And then they have another <laughs> nicer one where, uh, after kind of the, the jig is up and he's there interrogating Ultraman. I like that scene too. That was a really good one. Uh, but yeah, he was a really good. I really, uh, really enjoyed his little uh, s- sequence. I guess is the 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 phrase to use. I I li- I liked his um again going back to Kenjiro ah, Tsuda right right now, but Kaiba, oh, <laughs> I yeah. like I, I I liked Kaiba's performance a lot. Like Jay said, he he plays him very weirdly meek, and there's something about him that I just kind of again it, it's it, he almost plays him that way where. He he does sound sinister. There's no doubt about that. But he plays him so like, eh, where I'm like, oh, he he just wants to be our friend, guys. He's a, he's cool. He's a cool little alien. Who doesn't who doesn't like him? Also, I can't I can't lie. His design when he's in the in the trench coat is actually pretty. Okay, cool. like it this, is. Oh yeah, I love his design. Oh yeah, like not gonna lie, that scene got like la- major laughs out of like everyone in the theater there, like when you first see him. Yes, it did. For me too. For me Same. too. Everyone was like, "Wow, that's that's adorable." Same here. That was that was definitely a one where people see him in the fedora and the trench coat and that's kind of like I mean, to be fair, you see that look in this day and age, that's kind of an inherent laugh. So it yeah. it makes sense. And it's especially weird with a giant Or like monster. the thing that also got an even bigger laugh was just like, "Oh yeah, no, he's just like this imposing force, just like he's in a dark trench coat. He just wiped out everyone's data." And then just like, oh, you know, we're just going to like, we're just going to form a treaty with them. Just like the hard cut of just like them just like taking photos and like handshaking. That was pretty funny, too, when he was having that meeting with everybody <laughs> in the in the trench coat gear. And they're all like, all right, what's Ultraman do? I don't fucking know. What are his powers? Fuck, you got to ask him, bro. Uh, I, I love that, too. It's like, uh, well, they finally get the, it's like. How does Ultraman get his powers? It's like, oh, it's this uh, bullshit element that you guys don't know about yet. It's like, well, how does he do this? Uh, same thing. How does he do this? Same thing. Same thing. How does he do this? I don't fucking know. I can't. It's like, where does he come from? Uh, I can't tell you, bro. Sorry. It's like, well, how does he do this? It's like, you don't fucking ask him. I don't fucking know, dude. Like, how does how does I, he grow? Fuck. I, I I do love I I love that kind of like hesitation before he answers that. And he's no like, comments. Uh... I don't know, bro. <laughs> you gotta ask him, fam. Mm. What the fuck are you asking me for? You know, I, I look like Ultraman to you. <laughs> Imagine if I looked like Ultraman. Like I don't look like anything like Ultraman. It'd be funny if I could look like Ultraman. <laughs> like, it, it'd be it'd be yeah. a really funny. It'd be a really funny prank if I could uh, take your identity. You know? Yeah, I know. <laughs> just say you know. Just saying unless. Yeah. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I like Zarab. He was he was a fun little. He was a fun introductory antagonist to my favorite antagonist, and I think pretty much everybody else's with a brain, Mephilus, who is fucking fantastic in this movie. I oh, love yeah. Mephilus. I and love Zero One's dad. Everybody loves Mephilus. I He has gotten the absolute most attention, the most support from people who saw it. He's definitely a show stealer. Ah, oh, yes. Mephilus. I love Mephilus. Another one of my favorite sayings. <laughs> he would say that that douche but I, I honestly I love Mephilus cause, and we were having a conversation about this when we first saw the movie I love Mephilus because 
he really does feel genuine when he says, I want to take you guys over, but I'm literally not going to do anything to you guys. I just want to be here. Saying I, that I, I want to be you. your god, but I'm not, I, you know, I'm probably not going to do anything. I'm just going to kind of be here. <laughs> like, yeah, like I am your, ki- I am your king, but I'm the kind of king who just like sits on the throne and really doesn't do much. So, you know, you can have, you guys have fun, you know, he, he, look, you know, what? I'll sweeten the, I'll sweeten the deal. Here's a box. <laughs> like pretty much. Yeah. Like he's he, honestly, he's such a charming villain or like antagonist, I guess. And he just is. like. I don't know, it's really hard to not like him, honestly. Because, like, he's just there, just like, you know what, you guys can do whatever the heck you want, I'm just here for the shits and giggles. And, like, at the end of the day, what you guys want to do is what you guys want to do. Have fun, you know? Yeah, I did I did really like him. Uh, I think they kind of made his kind of introductory there a little too derivative of Zarab's, where they're both kind of like this... Not necessarily f- fake, fake nah, niceness with a Mephilus kiss, but they're kind of got that really affable, pleasant demeanor, and they kind of introduce themselves by wreaking havoc that they end up, you know, winning people over by fixing immediately. And they kind of have that semi-sinister nature, and they're trying to make a deal with the government with technology and stuff. So I've seen a couple people complain about it being too similar, and I would agree to an extent where it's they're different enough where it doesn't feel like it's the movie's just repeating itself but i think they probably could have done something a little bit different with zarab to not make it feel so samey but i did enjoy i fucking loved mephilis i loved his character uh super entertaining super charming uh all of his scenes with ultraman were really really Uh, good mm -hmm. i was gonna say real quick before you go into the to the scenes i would argue that mephilis is pretty uh, in in more subtle ways than more than one, is pretty different than Zarab because Zarab was pretty much just out and out. I am going to take you over, and you guys are my bitches. Me- Mephilus Mephilus was more from the outset. I'm I'm going to take you guys over, but I'm not going to do anything. And you guys are cool. I'm cool. Here's a box. Get big. We're all cool, right? All right, cool. Like it, it, they're they're different. Vi- they they have similarish motives, but they go through different ways. And I think the movie kind of implies that Mephiles is going to keep his word at the end of the day, even though it would fuck us over in the long run. So I I don't see the argument that they're both sim that similar. You know what I mean? No, I wasn't saying that they're completely similar, but I was more in the sense that like their basic setup to the plot where thing happens because of them, they introduce themselves. And they kind of win the win humanity over for them. Is that kind of similar basic setup? Where again, they're they're different enough. Where I'm not saying they're completely identical, but I've seen people bring up how they are rather similar in that kind of initial setup to the plot, and I can see where that would be an issue for some people. I personally think they were different enough where it wasn't as big of an issue, but it is worth noting the similarity. But yeah, I really like the stuff with Ultraman and uh, Mephiles, where they have a lot of... Uh, they have two very... I guess it's one scene, technically. They have a, scene, a very long scene where they're kind of discussing each other's motives and their plans and uh, just the general way. And you get the feel... Again, you get the feeling Mephiles is genuine with his goals here, where he wants to kind of protect humanity, even though... In the long run, he's essentially weaponizing humanity by turning us into invincible super warriors that he's 
subtly maybe planning to sell off to the galaxy and you know he's kind of unintentionally putting a giant target on earth doing so and you know he might you know his end goal seems to be genuine but he's doing a lot of things that will fuck humanity over kind of in the long run uh but he doesn't Mm -hmm. He doesn't seem like he's being actively malicious. It seems like he does have genuine motives and genuine reasons for doing what he's doing. And I did like that. I did like that he wasn't like he turns around a corner and he's immediately a cackling lunatic. I did like that. Uh, I did did enjoy that his character. He was a very fun character. Uh, He felt he felt like just kind of like like a businessman almost. He was he had the charming personality to him. And uh, I liked the way they kind of their verbal sparring Ultraman and Mephiles. They they have a very solid standing morally. They've got a lot of overlap, but they're different enough. And I liked the way they handle their conflicts. It's really interesting. It was a very nice slow scene that wasn't really all that much in the original Ultraman. That was more like. Ultra 7 did that a lot, like uh, the episode with Metron and 7. They have a scene that's basically just like this, um, which is good. You know, I'm not saying that's like a bad thing, but I really did uh, enjoy that. It did definitely feel like stuff they did in Showa Ultraman, where you've got this villain just kind of monologuing his motives to the hero, and they're not fighting. They're just like having a debate. It was interesting. It was a nice uh, change of pace from how the movie had been. Nice kind of slow down moment, too. Honestly, yeah, I think it's right up there as my favorite scene. Because, again, like you said, it's it's so slow and it's so methodical and it's so deliberate with everything they're saying. And it's kind of topped off with, honestly, probably the best line of the movie. Hey, do you mind going splitsies? <laughs> okay, yeah. Like, you mind splitting the bill, Ultraman? Yeah, that was a nice uh, humanizing, for lack of a better word, for Mephiles, where they kind of have this moral debate and they end up uh, reaching an impasse and they, they can no longer see eye to eye. And Mephiles is about to storm out and he's like, oh, uh, you mind lending me, lending me 20 bucks, Ultraman? You know, <laughs> just just spotted me, bro. But it's like I said when we were talking the other day, where I like the idea where he says that, obviously needing twenty bucks, mm. but at the same time he's kind of he's mocking him like, "Oh, do you got twenty bucks, Ultraman?" Like he's making fun of the name that they gave him, and I love that mm. shit. Like that, it's like, "Oh, look at you, fucking Ultraman doesn't got twenty dollars. What are you poor? You slut." Of course, but just like I think, if anything, that moment just adds more to his charm. Honestly, it really does, and honestly. Besides a couple of the jankiness, it does lead to the best fight of the movie. Oh, yeah. Great fight. Great fight. Great music. Which brings me to my little thingy here about the music in this movie, which is fucking fantastic, by the way. But also, I love the fact that I'm pretty sure this was because of Anna, because Anna's an insane man. I love how many songs, not I'm not going to say lifted, but and I'm not going to say reused because they're different. How many versions of songs from Shin Godzilla Anno put into this movie? Specifically with the with the Daily Life songs, where literally he just took the, the song from the movie of Shin Godzilla and just he, he, he just added a 70s flair to it, which is Yeah, great. about that. Like, the interesting fact about the music is that I went in with 
fans of the original Ultra series and also fans of Anno's work. So the thing that we all noticed is that Anno, or like basically the composer that he got for the movie, uh, Shiro Sagasu, who did Bleach, Evangelion, and uh, Shin Godzilla, is that, especially after watching Shin Godzilla like the night before, yeah, no, that dude loves to reuse tracks. He is definitely mm. and shamelessly reusing a lot of tracks. Um, there's tracks reused from Eva. There's tracks reused from Shin Godzilla. There's probably tracks either with a similar light motif from probably Bleach and other places. But yeah, no, like a lot of the music is reused. Um, granted, all the modern renditions of the original music from the original Ultra series are good. But in terms of like other tracks, kind of hard to ignore. See, that's the thing. It's it's obviously on purpose that he's doing that, and in a weird way, I kind of, I I admire it because it sets the tone for the the fact that this is still technically, I guess, in the same universe. It's not really, but let's go with it. But it's still technically within the same, I guess, canonicity or of the Anno trilogy that we're gonna have. Mm. I like it, and I like and I like the idea that it does add a bit more weight to know that, oh, well, since this is all in the same universe, all of this shit still has gravity to it from the past. And I, and I like it. I, I like I like that shit. Although, Persecution of the Masses will always beat the Zeton theme. The Zeton theme is not as good as Persecution of the Masses. Then again, it's a very different song. I admit that. Someone's going to crucify me for saying that, so I don't care. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's just the Masses going to do that for you. True enough. But like I said, Zeton... Uh, like even even Zeton's theme is so weirdly, it's it's not even again. I, that's why I say it's not the same as persecution of the masses, where that is just a only fucking shit. We're dying. The Zeton theme is more like, oh, well we're gonna die. Want some coffee? Mm. It's it's kind of it's kind of along those well, lines. When you think about where it's like yeah. it's more melancholic. Well, when you think about it, if you knew that the world was going to end. What would you do? Like, how would you react to that? Everybody else, they don't realize what's going on. They're living in blissful ignorance, and they're going to die. But if you know that, you either can panic, and people think you're a madman, or you just accept it. And you... I'd kill my spell itself to spite whoever's going to destroy the world. <laughs> uh, just complete dead stop. Uh, I knew that was gonna work. All right. Like I, like I said, I I like the idea behind the the music with Zeton, especially where none of it is doom saying. None of it is really like hardcore. We're all gonna die. Run for your fucking lives somewhere. Oh yeah. It's just it's it's just honestly, I almost want to say it's it sounds like a funeral procession of anything. Where with persecution of the masses, it really was just. Holy shit, look at this fucking thing that's happening. Run. And this is just like, well, we're already dead, and this is just the funeral procession of what we're hearing, mm. basically. And I don't know, I love that. I actually really like that idea behind it. Which then brings us to the final main antagonist. I know Zaton is still an antagonist, but he's not He's not a character. Well, we have... Zaton's never been a character. He's just kind of a thing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh... But we have Zofi. Or Zophie, or it's my turn on the Xbox. Uh, as he's completely stuck. I like the, the idea of making Zophie a bad guy. I think it was an interesting subversion. Um, 
both in the way the way they do it is, uh, of course, Zafi just kind of shows up near the end to to kind of resolve the plot. Or not necessarily resolve the plot here, but in the original, he kind of shows up just kind of almost a borderline deus ex machina to save Ultraman after Zeton kicked his ass. Whereas here, he, again, he just kind of shows up to involved with Zeton, but here he's like, humanity just needs to fucking die. We need to go. This, this whole fucking solar system needs to go. It's gone. It's too late. We can't fix it. Shit's fucked. Rocks fall. Everybody dies. Which I th I liked. I liked the idea of the Ultras not necessarily being these hero figures, but being very, almost kind of like intergalactic, not necessarily even warlords. They're kind of observers. They've they're they they're almost like the the Federation on crack in this, where they kind of they are the moral guardians of the universe. And if things go wrong, they are there to unfuck it. And if need be, they're going to wipe out the entire solar system. And I, I like that way, too, where they're like, Zafi's just kind of like, listen, the way things are now, if they keep going with humanity, they're going to become another us. And you've seen what humanity is like now. Imagine if humanity was as powerful as us. So they just need to go. Earth needs to go. The Milky Way needs to fucking go. I don't even know. Okay, no, that's the galaxy. Like, like this whole solar system, we're just gone. We need to destroy it. Humanity. Y'all fucked up way too much. We've we have gone beyond fucked up. This is this is gone beyond a. This is just full on zoinks, Ultraman. Okay. This, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. Zoinks. We've gone beyond. We, we've gone beyond fucking around. We're finding the fuck out. Pretty much. Uh, so he has this conversation with Ultraman where um. Very interesting that they uh, they did this. They gave Ultraman a real name, which they have never at any fucking point before this given him a real name. He's always just been Ultraman. Uh, Lipia, as they call him. Which is... Eh, okay. It's kind of a weird name. I mean, but then again... Probably means something in some language that nobody knows. To be fair, other members of their species consider names are Astra, uh, of course, Safi... Uh, seven, uh, eighty, which is not the number. His name is eighty. Uh, Zero. And then Ken. So yeah, you've got a lot of really fucking weird names. Oh my god, Jay, you're gonna be really pissed off at what that name means. Uh, what? It is an anagram for Piali, Piali, which means pearly, as a reference to how shiny he is. Oh my god. Huh. I know. I know. Yeah. You know what? I'm, I'm, I, I, I rolled my eyes so so hard, I'm blind. Mm. Oh, yeah, and then uh, Chad just posted this here to remind yeah. me. Yeah. Where Zafi is gold and black to kind of evoke the early kind of prototype designs for him as uh, early concept art. Uh, and even then, him being evil is based on a very obscure bit of trivia where... Everybody thought Zafi was going to be a bad guy, which is like ultra mega nerd tier kind of thing for Otto to do, which I enjoyed. I really liked. Uh, I really liked that. Well, Jason's we're here. Why don't you explain that? Uh, uh, second, uh, dip it <laughs> on the spot. Yeah, basically, just to kind of give a long story short, if I'm understanding correctly, apparently back in like the '60s, there's or like when Ultraman was initially coming out, there was like an encyclopedia saying like. 
but like listing out all the different kaiju and like uh, seijin that are going to be like either appearing in show or that appeared in show and then one of them was listed as zofi seijin or like alien zofi and according to that i believe it was like an ultraman look-alike kind of similar to like uh imitation ultraman or like fake ultraman or basically however you want to translate that name nisei ultraman and initially he was supposed to be like the final boss of like the initial 66 ultra ultraman but then for some reason something got lost in translation and there was like probably like an editing error or something like that and then initially it's supposed to be a hero and basically he's making a deep cut to that in terms of like oh wow yeah that was kind of an error they made back in the day so here's another deep cut buddy so <laughs> yeah uh, but I liked Zafi. He was very similar to how he appeared in the original, where he's, uh, he's basically Ultraman's boss. And he's like, what are you doing slumming it with these fucking filthy humans? Like, why do you care about them? Why, you've become corrupted. You are not the noble, shining warrior you should be. And he kind of go. they have this back and forth there. And Zafi's just like, I don't care. I'm blowing up the earth. You can't do anything about it. You can either come home with me or you can die. And the, I really like the way they kind of build up to Zafi. He's not necessarily even like becoming good, but the way he gets won over where Ultraman's unwavering tenacity in trying to save humanity kind of wins him over. And like, you really are this. He Again, to quote the show, the line they lifted directly, have you really become, become so fond of humans? I really like that. I really liked Zafi's mini arc there and the way they they pair him up with Ultraman in this compared to the original. It's a nice... It's a subversion not done for subversion's sake where they take the expected uh, version of Ultra, or, uh, Zafi and they kind of put a new twist on it. And I really liked that. I really liked the way they did that. It wasn't just like a carbon copy of the same way they always do it where Ultraman, oh, oh, he's dead, but, uh, suddenly there's another one and saves him, blah, blah, blah. The way they always fucking do it. So I enjoyed that. It was a nice, uh, nice way to do it. See, it, it was interesting because again, I have, and, and I think I've mentioned this before, like I have appreciation and appreciation for the show Ultraman, but I've never seen the six, six Ultraman. So all of this was uncharted territory to me. All of this was new. And to see Zafi, somebody that I didn't know, Again, I have no attachment to what his character was like in 66 or wherever he was from. To me, it was interesting to see them, again, like Jay said, take this idea that the Ultramen aren't heroes. They're just, they're not even police officers. They're just people that like, dude, just watch. We're just watchers at this point. Because if we do anything, we're going to get completely fucked. Like if we do anything that's, it, it's, it's almost like the prime directive out of Star Trek when you think about it. Mm. Did I just say Star Trek? Anyways, <laughs> Star Trek. When you think about it, where it's like, we we can we can't influence this because if we do, it is completely fucked. Like we're 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 all the way fucked. And I like that. I like that idea. I like that. I, I like that idea, and I like the the concept of him. Again, like you said, not not turning good, but almost understanding. Like you know what, you're you're right. I guess I was a bit too brash with my bullshit. You know, blowing up the solar system, I guess that was a bit much. That's my fault. <laughs> I like I like my that. My bad. We'll, we'll call that an oopsie-whoopsie, and uh, we'll just agree to not talk about it again. Like, ever. <laughs> Until the I like sequel. We, we, let's just... 
Uh, but I do like that. We're just like, uh, let's just let's just agree that that was a bad idea, and it's not my fault. It's not your fault. But you know, it's 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 yeah. the uncomfortable color adjustments. <laughs> Basically. Uh. I mean, it's, I love the ending where it's like, oh, okay, I mean, you're still going to be on trial, bro, but uh, it's just, uh, we'll just agree to not mention this part. I mean, we'll, we'll call it Look, even. we're going to kill you, but don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, we're, we're we, still we can have a little, a little bit, bit of this stricken from the record. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll give you a mulligan. It. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, but again, I, I like that. And it kind of comes to weirdly the the part of the show where i was out i was thinking the weird the message this because jay and i we already have our interpretation of what the message is but and we already have uh phil's as well but chad what is your interpretation of what this movie is trying to say and then everybody else can go Hmm, that's really good question kind of wish i was asked about this on like the um actual on the day of like when it was fresh in my head but Honestly, I, I think it's more in tone, more of a hopeful movie. Definitely a lot more hopeful than, like, uh, say, Shin Godzilla. Like, Shin Godzilla, you obviously have the message of, yeah, no, we have to, like, coexist with Godzilla, whether we like it or not. And then with this movie, I think it's definitely more of, like, a message of, like, hope. In terms of just, like, in terms of humanity, if we all come together, we can literally do anything, which is... Admittedly, a bit cliche for especially for Tokusatsu, but I, I think if anything, that was kind of like the vibe I was getting from that movie, especially with the repeated, I guess, messages of like, "Well, aren't we buddies? Aren't we partners? Why didn't you get me coffee?" But like, "Aren't we buddies?" kind of a thing, and I, I think with that, it's just like because of that kind of message, and especially like. Well, Ano and Higuchi have gone on record for saying is like, yeah, no, we wanted this movie to be more hopeful as Ultraman is a symbol of hope. And I think, if anything, that's probably the main message and like the main thing I got from this movie overall. But um, yeah, I don't know. What did you guys think about it, though? Well, I'll go first because I'm because I'm right. Anyway, no, uh, no. The message I got was actually again, it, it kind of it kind of mirrors what you were saying, where it is a bit more hopeful, because the initial thing that I was talking to Jay and Phil about was my interpretation was a very existential movie where it basically said, "Hey guys, if a fucking alien comes down tomorrow, we're not ready for any of this. What are we doing? Like, like what are we doing here, squabbling amongst each other like mm. children? If an alien comes down tomorrow." We're going to fucking die. Like, if Zafi was real, we'd all be dead by now. Because we'd all be completely fucked. But the the part where it gets hopeful was, again, around the time where they were trying to defeat Zeton. And I like the idea because, again, the idea is still, if we're, we don't know how to deal with this shit because we're too busy squabbling like children. But if for just one moment, one minute, we can all just get together, shut the fuck up, and compromise with each other we could literally do something that seemed impossible at some point and i like that idea i like that idea where again it's very existential but it has a hopeful existential message where no we are not ready 
because of what we're doing down here, but maybe we might be one day. Maybe one day, if we all get together, we, we might be ready for something like this. Mm. Definitely. Yeah, I think... Uh, definitely. I think I would generally agree this one's definitely a more hopeful movie. Mm. Um, I lean more towards Chad's interpretation there, where it's very much a humanity fuck yeah kind of movie and a little bit with aj but um honestly for me it was more more the commentary they were going for it was definitely a it was sort of a commentary about geopolitics and the arms race and the way humanity has kind of scrambled for power and much like the both of you said the the end goal is ultimately peaceful coexistence and how we're really not ready for it and it requires a sort of an outside context threat to uh to get ready for it because you look you look at the progression of technology in the movie where the first kaiju shows up and oh we have no idea how to prepare for it and we end up defeating it you know just by shooting it with a bunch of rockets and you know new monsters keep showing up and we have to keep changing the way we're reacting to it and there's a lot of the commentary with that too, where uh, you know, of course, it gets to the point where they're we're buying nukes from you know they're buying nukes from the U.S. and the, the way they're commentating about it, and you know, the once Ultraman shows up, the way the other countries kind of want Ultraman, they want to weaponize Ultraman, and they try to weaponize. That was kind of Mephiles' plan was to get them to weaponize the uh, growth technology that Ultraman uses to kind of turn Amer the human the human race into like bioweapons essentially and that's kind of the the way it goes where even ultraman's power scaling kind of the way he reacts to new kaiju showing up and the way he has to kind of change the way he reacts and i thought that was a very little bit of a less subtle message commentary than with shin godzilla where that was a little more pointed and a little more specifically this is this is how it would be if this kind of scenario happened in real life. Here it's a little bit more of this is how humanity as a whole would kind of react to this, but then this is also how the governments are going to react, and it kind of goes for a couple of different angles at once, and the overall message he goes for is a little bit more muddied in this, but I think it is ultimately a much more hopeful uh, story than in the you know, Shin Godzilla, where at the end of the day, like you guys said, the the conclusion is ultimately if we manage to put down our weapons and unite for a common goal, we can finally you know actually bring peace. But unfortunately, you know, as we even we see in this movie, that's only going to happen if we have to face a threat that is completely without you know completely beyond the context of humanity as like a race. Wait, Jay. So, a movie that has to deal with humanity coming together to beat an alien, to be an alien threat. This sounds to me. Oh, no. Like a better version of The Watchmen. <laughs> you know, I was, <laughs> I was going to use The Watchmen comparison when I was talking about, you know, the, the final hopeful messages humanity needs to find a common goal to unite with that's kind of uh that's kind of what watch watchmen's ending was where ozymandias was you know trying to 
resolve all of the problems of humanity and unite humanity as one by introducing a new, completely alien, literally alien threat for us to all kind of unite against. And then, of course, that doesn't really make a whole lot of sense, and that plan was completely retarded because, of course, it solved nothing. But again, I get that's that's kind of the uh, the angle I wanted to go for, but it felt a little too obvious for me to point out. Well, see, it, it's it was obvious to who, Jay? Let's be fair. Um, I, but that's what I was gonna say. It's it's that it's that um. Uh, it's that thing where, like, I, I didn't notice the, the parallels between that. And also, of course, it's not a fucking lie like in the comics where this actually does happen to the people. Mm. And, you know, they're all actually fucking terrified of it. But again, I, I, I do have I do like that. Uh, Phil. Why well, I, I looked at the movie as kind of when I looked at it, I said, OK, so humanity is literally at a point where. Giant monsters are coming out of the ground, coming out everywhere, and are attacking the city, No ma- the cities of the earth. No matter what we do, or at least Japan, no matter what we do, we can't stop these things. And then all of a sudden, something comes from the sky and starts fighting them. And to me, I'm thinking, what am I thinking? I'm thinking, how are we going to react? How are we going to react when we see something? that falls out of the sky and starts fighting the threat that we have failed to fight. Are we going to accept it or are we going to fight him or it or whatever it is? And that's the question. Are we going to be able to do that? Not to mention when looking at like with the Zet when it comes to Zeton, you look at it, how would humanity accept its own demise? How would they accept it? Would you accept it in a manner of panic, or would you just sit there in quiet acceptance? Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, I think that is kind of the, at the end of the day, we all have kind of reached the same conclusion where the message of the movie is ultimately a hopeful one where... Fuck muties. Well, that's always the message of all media. Uh, But the message behind... The movie was definitely a humanity can eventually find a common goal to unite for and stop fighting. But I think, again, it kind of loses itself where, as with every single other time this message has been done, that common goal ultimately is just another thing to fight. So, you know, not even necessarily always literally, but most of the times literally another thing to fight instead of us. Mm hmm. <clears throat> but I, I, I think again, it, uh, yeah. I don't think it's necessarily bad because of that, but I think the message is a little weaker, if not, you know, not necessarily because it's hopeful, but because it's that kind of moral that's never really had a solid answer for. In what way? Uh, just to, again, like I said, it's that moral of humanity needs a common goal is usually ultimately resolved by a new thing to kill instead of each other. So I, I appreciate the more hopeful message and I like that it was a more hopeful message compared to Godzilla again, to compare and contrast the originals, but the actual end moral was not particularly executed well, simply because of the circumstances leading up. Mm. To- 
Do you, do you think it would? Oh, sorry. I was just say. Do you think it would have been better if after they killed Zeton, they kind of looked at each other and they thought, you know, this is a good idea. Why don't we just do this more? That would have been a little too on the nose, I think. I think the way they kind of set it up with uh, Taki and everybody else kind of having the, the global conference about how to stop Zeton was good, and the way technology kind of well, well, that's what I'm saying. Like, the, would, would, the, would the solution to that conundrum basically just be they're united to not kill something? A permanent uh, alliance, I guess? Like, well, like, like, what I'm saying is, like, they're uniting to not kill something. It's to, to figure something out, basically. Yeah, I think that's it would have been a little better, but at the same time it's uh it would have felt a little tacked on if they kind of did that afterwards, if they kind of had that Well, I'm not saying after. Or, I'm saying if that's if that's the goal at that point. Like like like, like for one second, right? Zeton doesn't exist and they just want to figure out how do how does the how to like for, for you know, let's just throw it like spatium. They want to figure out what spatium is, how to use it, how to control it basically and they realize that you know they can't by themselves they can't do it by themselves they need everybody and that's what and that's what the end goal of the movie not zeton to not to destroy zeton but to figure out how to use spacium basically uh that would have been like as a moral that probably would have been better but as an actual climax i think that would have been not nearly as good well, of course, but that, but that's what I'm saying. I, I'm providing a, a solution for the the moral conundrum, not the climax of the. I moment. guess that's fair. I guess if you you try to make the solution something that isn't just here is a new villain to fight, it works a little better. But at the same time, ultimately, it it's one of those morals that's really hard to do well. So I'm not necessarily blaming Ano for it, but I know just like from past experience, whatever that moral's been tried to be done, it just it. Nobody really I've ever seen has really been able to solidly nail that execution. So what you're saying is we should be like Nolan with Oppenheimer and fucking nuke a house. Yes, we should. We should build okay. a, build our own nuke. We should build our own own beta system and turn giant so we can film it. Man, who the fuck gave him the money to do that? I don't know. I... Who the fuck unironically looked at Nolan and be like, "Yes, just, just, just get get the guy a nuke. Get, 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 get him a nuke." Like, who the fuck? Why would you do that? Why would you do this? He made the Dark Knight. Anyways, is, is, is that what he's gonna write his entire career on? Is that what he's gonna write his career on, The Dark Knight? No, I guess he did. Yeah, I guess he did do uh, Inception too. He did Interstellar. So. Interstellar. He did Inception. He did Memento. He did Interstellar. The Dark Knight so trilogy. It, to be fair, based off Dark Knight Rises, I wouldn't give him shit. Anyways, um. <laughs> Uh, anyways, uh, I think we have pretty much covered everything that I've wanted to cover with this movie, unless Jay can think of something. Uh, no, I think we kind of talked about everything. Uh, the music is good. I like the the original theme they had at the oh end. Oh my god, it's so good! Uh, good old Hachi P doing his music. Uh, oh, wait, wait, we didn't mention this, Jay? Did we? The, the credits joke. Oh, the uh, the beginning credits joke that was funny. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody yeah. in the theater, no, no, everybody in the theater when they saw that cracked the fuck up because they were like, "Wait, what? Oh, <laughs> they're just doing this to fuck with us." Okay. Yeah, so they they replicate the opening of the original series where if you've never seen it, and I'm sure you've probably seen it, it starts with like the swirled colors that slowly unswirled show. It says Ultra Q. 
and then it kind of burns up and then it says Ultraman. And they do that, but instead of Ultra Q, it says Shin Godzilla, and then it <laughs> kind of dissipates into Shin Ultraman, which is a clever gag. I kind of like that they did that. That was a nice one. Uh, but yeah, that ending song was really good. Um, I really enjoyed it. His music is good. Uh, I think that's everything else that I wanted to say. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, two things I had in my particular showing is uh, there's a there's a fucking cameo by fucking Kubey from Madoka Magica. Oh, yeah, uh, that's right. <laughs> very, very brief cameo in the sense that there is a shot during the uh, ending sequence when they're trying to figure out how to stop Zeton. And uh, you see a silhouette of it on a coffee mug, and that's it. Uh, disappointed nobody but me and, like, one other guy reacted to that. I was I was kind of surprised nobody even really, like... Because nobody it. wants to admit that they watched it. I guess that's, that's true. Fair. And uh, this one's entirely <laughs> on my showing and is, of course, not applicable. But uh, at the end of the movie, when the Toho Studio logo pops up, some fucking guy in my theater is like, Wait, Toho? Where the hell was Reimu? I'm like, ugh. Uh, what an asshole! You asshole! Like, like I laughed. But like, come on, you dick! You had to be that guy. You had to be. Um, yeah. I mean, my, I mean, if we're, if we're just gonna go into our into our like miscellaneous things with our with our theater showings. Uh, mine was kind of weirdly packed, like weirdly full, and I'm like, where? Are, who are you people? Where did you come from? No one likes Ultraman. I do, but you don't. Um. But I do think it was kind of full with a bunch of people who watched Heisei Ultraman and people who just saw, hey, Ultraman, I know kind of what that might be is. I'll watch that. So we had a bunch of like, I don't want to say normies because I don't want to sound like that guy, but normies. I'm like, you guys don't know what's going on, do you? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I hope you have fun. And then they did the Ultraman quiz, which was uh weird. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, you, you got that quiz, I didn't you? did, but the thing is, just, like, the really sad part about it was, like, I was trying to, like, find my group of six other people that were going with me to the freaking theater. And, like, all of them, because, like, I bought my tickets online for everyone, and, like, the thing was, like, everyone was coming at different times and no one was, like, communicating. So I missed a majority of that quiz, and that was really sad. I didn't catch any of it, unfortunately. I don't know if my showing what? just didn't have it, but when I got there, it was just basically advertisements, and then the movie. Started. Oh, what theater? Uh, what theater line did you go? I did. Uh, I also, and they usually do. Oh, they usually do this yeah. when they do Fathom events. So. I had. I went to a cinema. I did AMC as well. They actually had it though, because like I had AMC. Hmm. So I guess I just showed up too late. I don't know. Perhaps. I, I missed the Ultra Bad quiz. I had to hightail it from work just to get there. I made it, ju- it just in time. Which one of these is the original Ultraman? They it's the Zolfi. I knew the answer the second I, I know, looked at I it. Well, of course you did, you nerd. I was like, it was freaking like Zolfi, think what, Jack? Uh, it was Zolfi, Jack, and yeah, Rude alongside yeah. Ultraman. There we go. Which, to be fair, they do all look the same. That is kind of a deliberate design decision with those four, but I still knew which one was it. They all look the same. That's racist, Phil. Always. (laughs) Have you seen Tiga? Yes. (laughs) Like, Zafi is cheating because it's literally the same suit. And, like, Reboot is definitely intended to look a lot like Ultraman, but he's kind of all, like, gross and greedy. Jack is the only one where, like, 
if you put him and the original Ultraman next to each other and like like I could tell the difference because I'm a nerd, but if you asked, you know, a random person or even like a more casual fan, yeah, I don't think they would probably get it. I would I dude, I was like kind of unironically mad when I saw them together and I was like it's the same fucking person. Hey, dude, that's racist. That's yeah, ultra-racist. To be fair, yes. in pre-production, you know why, Chad? Because I'm be just that ultra amazing. <laughs> Thank you for saying that, jerk. When I when I heard that, Chad, I was this close of just walking out. Well, that's ultra amazing because I <laughs> because the the guy that they had saying it. You could hear the little bit of light left in them. Wait, was it out. Sean Nichols you or like the guy it. that they usually have for like the live streams? Uh, Nichols or like he was um. Oh, well, Nichols. he was the token uh, foreigner in Ultraman Max. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, it was him. Yeah, he was at a. He was actually at the panel we went to for uh, Anime Expo. Yeah, he, was he? Yes, he yeah, was. I heard he was there. That just shows you how much I remember of that fucking panel. To be fair, what do you remember from that panel except for Ultra Seven? Don't lie. Uh, I remember the Spider Man. I remember the guy there dressed up like Spider Man. You remember us getting there, and I'm just like, why are we? Here? I remember us wanting to murder half the staff there because of how much of a pain in the ass it was. <laughs> but nothing about the actual. <laughs> no, I don't really. There was something about Ultraman. I, at, at an Ultraman panel? No, that doesn't sound right to me. I mean, I don't know, bro. It's been, it's kind of, it's, it's a rare occasion to hear something about Ultraman and Ultraman mm. panel. That's true. Um, it's not as good no, as but time. yeah, <laughs> but it, but it was kind of funny to, uh, to, to hear him say that, and you just hear him die inside. Then again, most of the dub actors sounded like they were dying inside. Just wait, you saw honest. the? Did you go see the dub and the sub? No, I went to go see. The sub, but all the trivia. Oh, was that one. Dub. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, it makes sense. Yes. But again, you know, Sean, Sean nipples. I, I don't know, man. You're just. I, I feel bad for you for having to say ultra amazing with a straight face. I, I, I gotta commend him. He's, he's, he's working. He's doing his he's best. Working. He's uh, trying to do his best to get ultra out to the states. So. Yeah. He's uh. He's made it far. I'll give him that. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of another pun. Uh, he's trying to fuck it. I don't know. He tried to make this movie an ultra mega win. That's no. That, that, no that's wrong, that's, wrong that's Power Rangers. No, no. I'm I I am going to I'm going to combine them to piss people off. Anyways, we're we're I going to disown AJ <laughs> as of next recording. Whenever we do this again, so. You mean when we do Kiva? Uh, don't remind me. Yep. I mean, look, you can do Kiva, or you can do the mystery box. <laughs> can we box? What's in the box? Do, can we just do Dom Brothers and be done with it? No, Dom Brothers is in fucking February. You retard. Give us time to watch it. it. Oh yeah, I want to give you time to watch it. In the meantime, we're not gonna do anything. Uh huh. Anyways, so. Going into well, our final thoughts, let's give it to. I, I feel oh, sorry, like because like I, I still kind of want to hear about like uh, Phil's and also like my own theater experience in terms of just like this movie. So. Oh. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. go for it. I mean, I mean, no, I, yeah, I definitely. Rather, um, Phil, you can go first because mine <laughs> was interesting, to say the least. But. Oh, you did crack before you went oh, to go see it. Well, for me, it was. 
No, I want uh, Chad. If you did crack before that, I'm gonna be very, very surprised. Well, I mean, okay. Um, first of all, that would not be surprising because just we already know I already do that for these kinds of things. So, <laughs> you know, one of the it's like the unstated facts that should be more or less pretty obvious. It's like asking why is the sky blue? Did Chad do crack before going to the theater? Probably. <laughs> but anyways, so, continue though. When I got to the theater. I went to go see the Japanese dub. Yeah. And I, I, I hightailed it from work as fast as I could because I had, I literally had 50, I, I had to drive 20, I had to get 15 to something that started within 15 minutes and it would take me 20 minutes to drive there. So I'm speeding down there like a madman and I'm getting stopped at every red light. I'm like, come on, come on. But I get to the theater and the guy at the, at the, at the cash, oh wait, at the, at the, oh, okay, so I get to the theater and I make it in. Now, he tells me, like, there's a science seating, but you can pick whichever seat you want. And I was like, there's nobody here. What's no? Why is nobody here? And he's like, it's only the first night. They'll come another night. I wanted to tell him, there's only two nights. But I was like, I was like, fuck it, fuck it, I gotta go. So I get in, and it's an okay audience. We got some people that, we got some old people in there for some reason. Like, I'm talking like grandmas in there for some for some reason. I don't know. We had a, we had a few people that I think were, they were casual ultra fans. I want to say, but what got people laughing in the theater was not, was not what you would think. Like when, the, like when they would censor out the curse words or when something ridiculous would happen, that's when a laugh would come about. It was, I mean, it was an okay movie. It was, it was fine. Well, at least from my experience. It was mm. nothing special. Gotcha. Okay, yeah, so... That's actually pretty interesting, considering my experience was kind of weird. Um, similar to AJ, mine was oddly filled. I don't know why. But then again, the neighborhood I was also going to watch this in was also primarily mostly Asian-American slash Chinese-American by uh, demographics. So... I cosplayed as Ultraman Jeed, or Riku, from uh, Jeed. No one really noticed. I was kind of sad. I think near the end of the movie, after, like, we were all walking out, or, like, um... Because, like, I went with a group of friends. One of them being a giant Tokusatsu fan, one of them being an Ano fan, and then the other three just kind of being just casual movie fans slash... Oh, we know Ultraman through pop culture. Yeah, I remember distinctly hearing people commenting on my cosplay saying, with, like, I think they were questioning, like, whether or not I was cosplaying. And it was kind of weird. I was kind of sad. But aside from that, though, it was really oddly... How would I put it? Just, it was filled. It was, it was oddly filled. And I don't know why a lot of these people were here. But the other curious thing I was overheard from people is that they were also talking about Shin Kamen Rider after this, like, after the movie ends. It's like, oh yeah, what's next? Oh yeah, it's this thing called Shin Kamen Rider and, like, other things and just, like, I don't know. It's... It's got me hopeful. But I think the main thing I also want to ask, like, kind of just branching off of this would be, like, how do you think... Like, considering that this is more or less the first time we're getting, like, an actual tokusatsu movie in theaters in the states how do you think the future is looking for this just kind of going forward for all of you well 
I'm glad you asked. Uh, yeah. Well, based on the reaction from my showing, uh, probably solid because again, I had a packed house myself. Um, Besides the one guy who uh, got thrown out for jerking off, it was pretty bad. Well, that thing. happens at every showing. Um. Well, so. How, what do I think of the future for these kinds of movies? I think it's a very good sign. Because let's be honest, Ultraman may have the bigger foothold, quote-unquote, in America, but it's not as popular as Kamen Rider in that sense either. I think when Shin Rider comes out, I'm going to make a bold prediction, Jay, and I don't care if anybody makes fun of me. I think it's going to hit... I think it's going to break the million mark it might. in America. I have... Because look at where Shin Ultraman hit. And I'm like, you know what? We might be able to hit the one million mark with fucking Shin Ultra uh, Common Rider. I th- I think we could do it. it. I think it's possible. It's entirely possible. I I think it might be the first Tokusatsu movie since I don't know fucking Power Rangers to hit. Oh no, I guess if you want to count Godzilla, the, the American Godzillas, but like it might be one of the first Tokusatsu movies in a long time to hit the million mark. Within like two days, I fully believe it can do so. Well, I guess it depends think, on uh, the release schedule and how that affects it. So, but I mean, honestly, with the the turnout and the general overall box office, Shin Ultraman got, which was like, I think a little under eight hundred thousand for the two nights. Uh, you know, I'm sure it'll probably get equal to, if not double that, if you know, if we get. Shin Rider in a you know theater over here. Mm. Yeah, I I think I think we got it. I I think it's going to be incredibly successful once it comes down here, and it's going to be incredibly successful whatever else comes down here. So I I, I see it. I believe. Yeah, because uh, the general uh, reception to again, I don't want, I don't want to be the guy who says normies unironically, but. The general reception to people who went to go see this movie who aren't, you know, people like us. It was genuinely really positive and it was an overall genuinely well-accepted response to the movie. Everybody I saw it with, you know, everybody who was in the theater loved the hell out of it. I haven't seen anybody say, like, unironically at least, say this movie wasn't good or, you know, say this movie was bad or anything like that. So I think even, like, from that general perspective, the reaction to this, something like Kamen Rider, you know, or more standard Ultraman coming out over here, I think that's probably going to start getting a little bit more recognition because of how this was received. But Jay, where is Belial? Oh, shit. A little Belial. I'm gonna kill you. I, I Wait, will kill you. What about... Oh, Jay, where's Belial? Where, where, okay, like, here's the thing. Like, what's... Where's Dark Lugial? Okay, like, the really funny thing I noticed on um, Fathom Events, like, page, it's like, it, they had, like, a blog post saying, it's like, oh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to, like, the Ultra Universe. And then, like, they list out all these, like, Ultra Heroes. And then for some reason, they have, like, Belial Early Style on there listed as a hero. And I'm just like... Uh, Delio was never a hero. See? I mean, uh, technically, if we're saying early style, he was a hero. <laughs> he was kind of a dick, but he was a hero. But but Jay, what about Gamma Future? What the? F- that's not even. What are you fucking <laughs> talking about? 
Dude, this is just some of the shit that I saw on fucking Twitter, dude. From fucking idiots who don't know what they're talking about. <sighs> what about Game of Future? What about exciting blowjob? <laughs> what the fuck was this phone call? Exciting blowjob? Oh, where? Sign me the fuck up. <laughs> that's that's uh that's Ultraman. Uh, I don't know. Ugu. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure that's gonna be an ultimate song <laughs> Ultraman Ugu <laughs> We completely derailed this entire conversation uh, Alright so I think we should you know what? Well that's how you know the episode's over Yeah so I think we should go into like yeah, overall so... final thoughts though Like overall overall final thoughts well, Chad, since you recommended it, why don't you? Alrighty, so I guess kind of at the end of the day with this movie, because like I've kind of previously stated throughout the whole episode, I did go with a big group of friends, uh, one of them being a giant Tokusatsu fan who loved it, um, granted, and then I also went with like other people that were not big Tokusatsu fans at all, or really who didn't know anything really about it. Yeah, no, like, the the reaction they got was, they freaking liked it, They're, my friends are now quoting uh, Mephilus in our conversations, because, as always, one of my favorite sayings is now one of my favorite sayings. So. <laughs> <laughs> one of my favorite sayings. One of my favorite sayings. Yes. <laughs> my least favorite saying. Okay, you anti-Mephilus Phil. Mephilus Oh. oh! Anyways, oh no! Like, it's it's one of those movies I wish, honestly, had like more, more of like a more time in theaters because I can definitely tell that there are definitely a lot of people that definitely want to see it on the big screen in Japanese. Um, pretty much, I talked to like my dad after the movie, after I came back from the movie, who was asking me about my time with it and legitimately he was like oh wow like they they used that kaijin or like that kaiju but they didn't use like zetson wow that's kind of weird and i was like yeah like i if that if i were ever given the chance i would have probably would have liked to have gone see the movie with like my dad who grew up on this franchise but i think overall the movie's a solid 8.5 or 9 out of 10 frankly for me um it feels a little episodic at times um, but granted, the fact that it's just literally a world where they point out, for some reason, they're just kaiju in Japan, and we're just kind of dealing with that, and the fact that they just kind of realize that and kind of make that point just from the get-go, I really enjoyed this, and considering the fact that Higuchi and uh, Ano were very big fans of Ultraman, uh, more so than Godzilla... It makes me really, really excited for Shin Kamen Rider whenever that comes out in Japan. And if it comes to America, which I think it is according to the Anime Expo uh, panel that we were at last year. No idea when, but I really hope it's soon. But um, yeah, no, like I, I really enjoyed this movie and I would most definitely love to go watch it again. Jay. Uh yeah, I think from an overall standpoint, I fucking radiator has been driving me crazy. Sorry. I don't know if you can hear that. 
Uh, or I don't know if it's going to show up on the recording, but my radiator's been making this, like, dripping noise for, like, a month now. Uh, kind of like that, except it's, like, loud and metallic. Anyways, I'm just going <laughs> to keep talking over it. Um, at the end of the day, I think Shin Godzilla was a better movie overall. It was a much sol- more solidly put-together film. There was a lot less fluff, a lot less, like, gripes. But I really loved the hell out of this movie. I thoroughly was entertained from beginning to end. There was never a scene where I was not interested. There was never a scene where I wasn't, you know, focusing on the movie. There was all these little details crammed in and around the background. All these fun little digs and deep cuts and references to the original show. And even like, even on a, like a, such an insignificant level, like, this character is standing in the exact same spot and framed in the exact same way as this one scene from this one episode. Like, stuff like that. I really enjoyed all of that, the attention to detail. It was a absolutely fantastic movie. I would agree, it does get a little too episodic, especially in the first half of the movie, up to the point where... Honestly, I think up to the point where Mephilus shows up is really episodic and it kind of duh, it's kind of a detriment to the overall script of the movie. But it wouldn't necessarily say it's not watchable. I absolutely did really really enjoy this and I would recommend you go and check this out as soon as you're able to. Dale, I I went into it like basically like oh I'm you know this is I I don't really watch Ultra that much so I I went into there with an open mind I thought it was actually really I thought it was fun I thought it was a fun movie granted there were a few too many times where I kept saying to myself it, it, it feels like it's going a little too fast like there's so many different plot points but I think but like we talked about last time, I think that's what the point of it was, that it was supposed to be random like that. Uh, I I mean, if I if I knew more about the original Ultra going into it, I probably would have been in the theater gushing like, Oh my god, that's so fever! Ah, that's and, well, I'm glad now you would have known the fuck out of everybody. Well, to be honest, I kind of would have preferred going into the theater doing that, because that... Because, honestly, I probably would have gotten a lot more enjoyment out of it. Not to say I didn't enjoy it, but... Probably else would have got your ass kicked, too. Eh, bring it on. I can take him on. Uh, Bitch, you can in a fight, up, right? Yes, in a fight. Zofie! <laughs> you had to think about it. Mr. Zofie's gonna come out of the movie screen and kick your ass for screaming. He's gonna ask dude, if you have games I, dude, on your phone uh, uh, and then no, kick your for, ass. Okay, for, for, before I let Phil finish... The only thing I can think of now that Chad said that is those memes were like, it's like those weird, really realistic hands coming at you through the screen. <laughs> it's Zofie. It's like, oh, shut up! That, that's amazing. Anyway, go on, Phil. So, uh, but did I enjoy it? Yeah. Uh, yes. Did I, Am I glad that I saw it? Yes. Did I, did I have problems with it? Yes, but that's because I was looking at it from a film perspective as well instead of just as an ultra movie entirely, though you also have to look at it from a movie perspective anyway. I think... Snob. What? Go on. Honestly, I think if you if you like ultra, you're going to like this. 
it it honestly makes me want to watch a little more Ultra just to get into it. But uh, w- in time, I'll get into it. But it's it sounds real. You know what? I I I recommend it. Go and wait. Go and see it when you can. Anyways, so yes, uh, my final thoughts. Yes, the movie is fantastic. I love the movie. It has a legitimately fun cast, a legitimately fun soundtrack, some fun fights. Uh, I think I mentioned it to, to Jay when I came in. I felt like a kid coming off of a Power Rangers high. You know, you're seeing the Power Rangers going off their fucking rocker, and it's like, oh my god, it's so fucking cool. The same thing with this movie. It felt fun. Like, it was a roller coaster. Don't get, don't get me wrong. And there are certainly problems with its pacing that I feel can be fixed, though I don't know how much of that is editing fixing or writing fixing. That's up to you. But I do think the movie overall is a fantastically fun time. And if you get a chance to go watch it, go watch it. Maybe go watch it in IMAX like Chad did, because maybe then you might have a better appreciation. I did not watch this in IMAX, and this was not available in IMAX. I think it was just filmed in IMAX, though. Aside from also being used for an Uh, iPhone camera, but it's neither here nor there. Well, either well, either way, I I feel. Now. Either way, I feel like you could probably go out and find this in the biggest screen that you can, the best sound system you can, and I think you would have a fun time with it. So yeah, go watch it. Anyway, so mystery wheel time. Uh, you know what? I'm too tired. I just kind of want to go to bed. Same. <laughs> Damn. The Jesus, wheel you got fucking. Were you actually pushing? Do you have a physical wheel now? I heard that squeak. Jesus. I did. I, I have a legit wheel. Yeah, he's being room. held by gunpoint by the wheel at this point. Uh, you know what? I'm surprised. Yeah. You, I'm surprised you haven't bought a legitimate wheel at this point. I could. I couldn't because every fucking time we take something off, I had to put back something back on it. Uh, I mean, yeah, I guess that's fair. And that gets annoying after a while. So. I guess uh, our fate is sealed for Kiva then. Wow. Yes. We're going to do it. We're actually going to do it. We're going to do it, guys. Neo All Kiva right. Yeah, just wait until Shin Kamen Rider comes out in theaters next month, and then we have to review that instead. <laughs> but then we got to do Dawn Brothers. Actually, you know, it's funny you say that, Chad, because it does come out in like two months. Yeah, it, it does come out in March, but it's just like, it'd be funny if it just came out like randomly in February for some reason. You know you know what, Phil? If we if we do Don Brothers and you don't make it because you didn't finish it, I'm going to laugh at you. Anyways. We're going um, we're gonna, to yes. we're gonna make you wear a sign that said, could not finish Don Brothers by the end of the year. And we're going <laughs> to make you wear plan. that at JWH. No, you're not. <laughs> yes. Yes, you are. Anyways, um, so yes, next week or next time or whatever the fuck is going to be Kamen K- K- Rider Kaiva with Nio. Oh, Kamen Rider Kaiva? That's you mean the, the duelist? The first rate duelist? Yes, and not the guy who died. Yeah, that was uh, Vale. Oh, gotcha. No, the, <laughs> no that, that was... Uh, ah, that I thought was he was like a... For, I thought he was, was a former... A, like an ex yakuza who came like a really good house husband. Yeah. There you go. Chad. Chad saved it. Chad saved yeah. it. Anyways, yes. So next week. Goddamn! I keep saying next week. You know, what? if we somehow come back next week and do Kiva, you owe, you owe us all five dollars. Um. So next time we do this, Comrade Kiva, go watch it. Toshiki Noe abortion. Bye. 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 Fuck. <laughs> 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 All right, uh, stopping now then, I guess.